You are listening to episode nine of Smart Good, a podcast show for entrepreneurs with a big heart. Smart Good helps you become a leader that does more than just make money. It helps you make a difference in a smart, thoughtful way. My name is Noelle, and on this show, I interview Todd Polanak, who has over 30 years of both for-profit and non-profit business consulting experience, which is why I'm asking him all about how to run a company that truly is living out social responsibility in today's age. He also happens to be my dad, which makes things easier for me. On today's episode, we are going to learn about dealing with insecurity, because we all have it, especially when the competition feels intimidating. So if you are a business leader slash entrepreneur type who is feeling like they're just not measuring up compared to their competitors, then today we have some good news for you to hear. Sit tight. So you got your coffee and I got my coffee. What did you get? I think I got a flat white. Really? That's fancy. Yeah, it's a grande because I really need it this morning. I kind of got just your typical latte, which is fancy for me, actually. Mm -hmm. You're usually just plain black I usually go, yeah, but I felt like I deserved a latte. You do. (laughs) Today you deserve a latte. Today I deserve a latte. And every day. And every day. You deserve a latte. Only a dad would say that. Yep, that's true. So, speaking of how we feel about ourselves, today we're talking about the smart way of dealing with insecurity. Insecurity. When the competition feels intimidating. In other words, there's a giant in the room. Or an elephant or something like that. Or just somebody's doing the same thing as you and they're doing a better job. <laughs> and they're getting more followers <laughs> and they're getting more customers. They're making money. That's right. And you're just out there alone. Drowning. Yes. Ready okay. to quit. Yes. So how do you deal with that? So let's let's start by um, backing up a little bit. and Backing up? We just under, started. We started, but we're backing up to the beginning. <laughs> So maybe we should start talking about the coffee again. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I think, what's this called again? A, a grande. A grande flat white. I thought that was so, actually illegal. No, there's no grande flat white whites <laughs> or not. So uh, um, I think that that one of the issues of, of, of being in business and feeling insecure about your competition is that I don't think we always understand who our true competitors are. Who yeah. really is competing with us, and, and whom we are not really competing with? Because uh, it's true that there are going to be people who are going to be doing things that are similar to us, but not everyone is going to be providing exactly the same type of service the same way. So the first step in order to establishing a a true response to insecurity is: Do we really know? Are who our competitors are and do we really know how they're different from us because if they're the same as us then I think maybe we need to find out what they're doing differently that they're being they're successful and we're not mm. and how do you do that 
Send some spies well, in yes, there. And I, sometimes you do send some spies in there. It doesn't hurt. So let's take some very practical um, thoughts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it's it's a good idea for you to do some research on your competition. It's a good idea for you to go to their website. If you are selling a product or a service, finding out who their customers are, maybe even if you get an opportunity to talk to their customers, why they're customers of your competitor, and really sitting down and reflecting and taking that feedback and asking the question, so what what, what can I do better or what can I do different? And that's the first start to removing insecurity. Now, addressing it in a truthful way. In a truthful way. Because let me ask you this. Is there ever a point where you should just stop caring what your competitor is doing and focus more on how your your particular bent in that area? I think that's healthy. It's healthy to always look at how you're doing things and the difference you're making rather than always focusing on the competition because the competition may not always be right. Hmm. The competition may be relevant for the moment, but the next year or the next month, they may be completely irrelevant. So if you just follow what your competitor is doing, it may be taking you down the wrong path. In fact, I remember hearing uh, someone, um, not quite sure what author, so I'm sure the author will call in if (laughs) I'm quoting him incorrectly, but he said that he doesn't like to um, follow in other people's races he doesn't like to be you know the the second or third place person in a race he likes to start his own race and have people follow him Hmm. and so by not um, focusing only on your competitor but establishing your own quote-unquote race then people really be concerned about how they're competing against you rather than you being concerned about how you're competing against them i think that's a really good point. And I'm just sort of processing this in like practical terms. If I'm if I'm like scrolling through my Instagram feed and I see someone that's doing the same thing as me, and I'm like, gosh, they have like 80,000 followers on Instagram. How the crap did they get there? They look like they're... What are you writing down? I'm writing down my next... Okay. <laughs> they look like they're just doing so much better than me. I think there is value to go check out their website and say, okay, are they communicating the product right. clear? Are, are they making it accessible for, for the customer to purchase the product? But I think at the same time, I have to remember that I have a distinct voice you and sure do. my people may not be their people. And their people may not be your people. Well. That's what you, I think you just said. <laughs> that's, that's correct. So not all competitors are created equally. Hmm. How so? There are some that I think are real threats, and then there are some that are just nuisances. Hmm. How do you tell the difference? You tell the difference based upon a few things. First, how many customers of yours are leaving to go to your competitors? Mm-hmm. And the one the where there's the most customers leaving, you know that's a serious competitor or someone who's really taking market share that's a serious competitor so don't make the mistake of chasing down every rat in their hole look at 
the, the ones that really are significant, you know, follow the 80-20 rule. And explain that again for those of us who don't remember the 80-20 so rule. So the 80-20 rule is something that actually applies to everything in life. And the 80-20 rule really, in a nutshell, is that pretty much a very small percentage of what you do and what you focus on makes the greatest impact. So 80% is really irrelevant. It adds a little bit, but 20% of what you do really is significant. And you could be wasting a great amount of time and angst over things that are really not important, especially when it comes to judging your competitors. So it's important to identify who is worth looking into. Correct. To see what they're doing right. Right. And then at the same time, it's important to identify what you can offer different. Correct. And it's important not to just copy what they're doing just because in the moment they seem to be doing well. Like you were saying, next year they can be completely irrelevant or they make some mistake and, you know, mistake on their end that tanks their company. Right. You don't want to be tied to a competitor. You want to have your own unique voice and you also want to understand that your competition changes from time to time, sometimes very rapidly. And I, the other thing I would say that you can learn from your competitors is you can learn some facts about the market. So if they are really stealing your customer base because of price, well, maybe your price is too high. Okay. And you should use that. Or maybe you don't care about that. Maybe you are that uh, Nordstrom's brand as opposed to you know, pick any other brand that's known for being less expensive. Uh, Walmart, I guess, would be a good example. Kmart, before they went out of business. I think they're out of business. (laughs) I don't know. I don't see them anywhere. You may not care that your competitor is charging less. I can tell you that you should at least ask the question, are you really outpricing yourself in the market? Okay. It's... Use your competition as a way to refine and make your organization and your service and your product better rather than being afraid of it. It's really almost like free advice that they're giving you by being in your face and competing with you. But what about when you actually encounter your competition in the flesh and blood and you feel insecure? You should not... um, you should not punch them in the face. That okay. would be a good idea, although it's tempting at times. You should try. I've tried this with my competition, but I've not really been too successful, I think, because <laughs> accountants and accounting firms are extremely territorial, and they uh, really? they don't like to talk to each other. They don't like to mingle with each other. I found a few firms that are don't feel threatened by me, or maybe I don't feel threatened by them, that are willing to talk to me, but all, all in all, Accounting firms are territorial unless you go outside of their market. So I can talk to an accounting firm in Los Angeles. They don't care about talking with me because I'm not going to threaten to take their clients. But with that being said, if you can somehow develop a relationship with a competitor that's non-threatening and you're willing to collaborate on some things, that's extremely helpful. That's very interesting. In fact, the government has um, instituted laws to prevent competitors from talking too much uh, together because they can sometimes set the market and set the market price. So they almost try to instill this competitive spirit among competitors. Really? 
yeah, it's called antitrust rules. So uh, <laughs> they basically have formed laws where com- competitors really can't always collaborate. But if you can collaborate with a competitor and build um, a, a, an organization in which you're talking to each other, then you might actually be able to achieve even more because it really is a difference between a mindset of scarcity mm. and a mindset of abundance. If you think that there's a scarce number of customers and that you are really vying for just a small population, which may be true, as opposed that there's an abundance of customers, then you're going to respond a certain way to your competition. Mm, that's a good point. And I think too, you know, imagine yourself in the room with your competition. There's a couple of things that I would be tempted to do. Number one, I'd be tempted to completely ignore them. Yes, treat them as if they're part of the decor <laughs> of the yeah, room. They're dead to me. They're dead to you and me too. <laughs> but there's that which I think is a waste opportunity. Correct. Based upon what you're saying. And the other temptation I think I would feel is to talk up my company more than what it really is. Right. Which probably will bite me in the butt later on. Yes, if you can't deliver. And the third temptation is when their back is turned, tell everybody what a crappy company they are and how they don't deliver as well as you do. Trash so that's talking. called trashing. Yeah, trash talking. Which is, was that what you meant by talking up your company? No, I mean, no. No, talking, talking down their company, yeah. that will always... Well, let me put it to you this way. That's a very popular strategy among companies to do that. I mean, I I think, I mean, as you pass by billboards, you can see billboards that are trashing the competition. I think there was a, a, um, a Coors Light. Yes, um, commercial. Well, not only a commercial, it was a, a, a billboard that was trashing yeah. some other, um, was- or maybe it was... Wasn't Coors Light, but anyway, they were trashing the Some competition. Some beer company was doing but that. But yeah. that whole strategy of trashing a competition may work in the short term, but in the long term, uh, it will it will definitely backfire. And here's the reason why: people are, and, and this is just my perception of things, are suspicious of folks who focus only on what's negative about their competition. They become suspicious of it. It's the mean girl theory. It's the mean boy theory. Yes, mean person. Boy, the, the mean boy girl. But there is this thing like when I p- drove past that that billboard, that beer billboard, and it was like, I can't remember exactly, but they were definitely naming the other company. It was sort of like, well, that's kind of a little mean. I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink beer from mean people. Yes. They might be mean to me. Not that that's actually true. Well, what's right about their product? That's Exactly. And 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 it's it's better not to invest your um your energy in trashing the competition. Attention, attention. We interrupt this show for a good old-fashioned dad joke. A man and his wife were having some problems and were giving each other the silent treatment. The next week, the man realized that he needed to, he needed his wife to wake him at 5 a.m. for an early flight. Not wanting to be the first to break the silence, he finally wrote a piece of paper, please wake me at 5 a.m. The next morning, the man woke up only to discover it was 9 a.m. and he missed the flight. 
Furious, he was about to go and scream at his wife when he noticed a piece of paper by the bed that said, It's 5 a.m. Wake up. (laughs) But a better question to ask is what happens when the competition trashes you? Oh my gosh, what do you do? I'd be crying in the corner. Well, (laughs) calling my therapist. (laughs) That's not the right way to do it. I, I think that you'll find a lot of case studies in, in the market where that's happened. And I think that that's another opportunity for you to respond. Mm. And that's when you probably need to respond and you need to take action. If the competition's trashing you in a, in a broad way, if it's in a large way, in other words, it's really they're putting billboards out yeah. about you, you need to address that you can't ignore it. Okay. Uh, but you need to be careful not to overreact. Yeah. And you need to respond to them, respond to their criticism in a positive way that shows that really there is no truth to what they're saying. Or if there is truth to what they're saying, then you need to, you need to clean up your act and change that. Wow. Ugh. So you are going to have competitors <laughs> trash you because that's just the nature of competition. So, and that will evoke insecurity. That will invoke any insecurity that you have will come out at that moment. You will definitely feel insecure and therefore you need to go back to your identity of who you are as a company and as a person. Mm. You need to return to your roots. Yeah, you really need you really need to know who you are and be happy with that. Right. And you need to correct any mistakes or products or problems that have come up that apparently your competition is calling you out on. Competition can be a great way to reveal, like you were saying before, some areas where there's improvement needed. Correct. But it's not a death sentence. It shouldn't it shouldn't scare you scare your pants off of you. Well, I mean my assumption is this is business. You're this always is, gonna be faced you with this. Are, yes, because there we live in a free market society and competition is strongly encouraged so it's it's not even like it's somewhat tolerated it's strongly encouraged and if you think about it why do people go out and get three bids to see which is the best price or the best product yeah i mean you don't have in our in our society a culture where someone just goes for a particular a particular company because they they're in their face they really do Unless they just have so much money they don't care or they're swayed by something else, persuaded by something else, they're usually a comparison. So how do you rank against your competition? Where do you stand out? And by the way, you probably don't want all those customers. I was just going to say it's important to not take the rejection or the competition personal. It's not really a reflection of you as a human being. It's important for you as your company, but it's like this really should not affect your your mental state. It shouldn't make you, you know, it, it, you need to have a healthy outlook on it. This is business. It's not life, life or death. It's, it's business. Yet I'm going to tell you that it does sometimes hurt when somebody rejects you. Yeah. And... It is a good life lesson to to learn that 
you're not going to get all the wins. You're not going to, in the proposals, you're not going to win all the proposals. You're going to have customers who get mad at you and leave and go to your competition. You're going to have, um, you're going to have customers who complain that you are crappy. And it's just the way it is. Can I ask a question? Yeah. That's why we're here. If you do not address your insecurity, what happens? So if you don't address your insecurity, it becomes a, a weakness. It becomes a chink in your armor. It becomes hmm. an area in which now a competitor can exploit. Wow. So you do need to address your insecurity. The feedback you're getting from the feelings that you have are are actually healthy if you address them. If you ignore them, it's like ignoring what your body is saying when it's not feeling well and then refusing to go to a doctor or getting advice on it. So use the competitor's uh, stress to, to cause you to get better. Don't ignore it. We've been talking also on this podcast about businesses that are mission-based or have a social cause that they have part of their culture and value as a company. And so I can tell you that let's say your company that is trying to accomplish good and you look at these other companies doing the same exact thing as you and they're doing it. They're, you know, they're Tom's putting shoes on, you know, everybody's feet in the world. What do you do when you feel like, why even bother? Will I even make a difference? And you're just feeling down about that. It's unlikely that any organization that's your competition that's doing good is meeting all of the social need that you want to also meet. So from what I would do is take a reality check and say, well, they're going this far, but have they really completed the mission? Hmm. You have a part in, in that mission that they perhaps can't really meet. So I wouldn't be discouraged by success. I would, I mean, I would actually... Uh, be a cheerleader for my competition's success if they're doing good. And if the need is completely met, then you need to go back to your identity and say, well, what else can I do to make a difference in the world? But don't be discouraged because you're not there yet. Again, whoever is performing that, that, that good, quote unquote, and being successful in business, tomorrow could be out of business. Hmm. So maybe it's just not your time yet. Maybe... It's going to happen in the future. So don't give up. Hmm. Nobody is con- continuously self-sustaining. Uh, it's, it's, that's a very di- difficult proposition. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And you're going to have good years and bad years. And, and some years you're going to be really up and some years you're going to be really down. But you got to kind of go for it for the long run. So it's a long-term process, not short-term. Okay. One last thing I'd like to say is that for um, my career, over time, I've learned to embrace the fact that I'm going to have competitors. I've also learned that I could get a lot of good, cheap, or free advice from my competitors by them telling me how I could improve. And that also competition isn't really bad and maybe I need to consider how I can collaborate with my competitors to increase everybody's market share that's all I got to say about that so don't be insecure be encouraged because be encouraged if you have competition that means that you probably have a product or service that somebody wants to buy cool 
So there's something new that we are going to do because, well, at the risk of sounding hokey, we believe in the power of mindset. And we want to give you something to think about each week, something to help you align your mindset so that you can accomplish the good that is in your heart to do. Here is a thought, a meditation, a mantra, whatever you want to call it. And you'll be able to find this on my dad's Instagram as well as in the show notes where you can download this little kind of graphic and make it your mindset wallpaper on your phone for the week. You ready? So here we go. Take a deep breath and let your brain absorb these words. My competition doesn't make me feel insecure. My competition informs me of where I can accomplish the most good. My competition doesn't make me feel insecure. My competition informs me of where I can accomplish the most good. Smart gooders, believe that. Competition is wasted on insecurity. Choose to see it as a great and subsequently free resource of helpful information. All right, now get out there and do some good in this world with your business. Because Lord knows it's seen some bad days. Till next time. Hey, follow my dad, Todd Polanak, on Instagram or Twitter, wherever you like to hang. His handle name is at Todd underscore Polanak, which is spelled P-O-L-Y-N-I-A-K. Not at all how we say it. Okay, sometimes he gives away cool things on the gram. So just saying, good things come to those who follow Todd. That sounded kind of weird.